Welcome to the Launch University Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Shane Benson. Well, welcome to the podcast. Uh, today, I've got uh, myself, Shane Benson, and David Farmer. It's Shane. Uh, we're excited to be with you this morning. It is a morning here, and uh, we're going to talk today about the power of scripting. And, um, you know, if you think about scripting, sometimes you often hear about that in like programming um, or you hear that in, um, you know, things like plays or movie scripts. But we're talking about scripting uh, as an example around the automation of executable tasks. If you think about things that you do uh, in your daily life, in your work life, what are things that you can like bunch together and execute or automate the execution of so they can help you kind of move through life a little bit easier. And so David and I are just going to tag team it a little bit today and talk about some examples of what scripting can look like uh, in your personal life, in your business life. And so I'm excited to talk about it today, David. Yeah, I am as well. This may be a little bit of an unorthodox topic. And at first blush, you would go, uh, I'm not sure, but I say hang in there. Because what I found, Shane, is I've learned how to take uh, a concept that arguably and typically applies to a whole other field. I'm kind of like you. I tend to think about a creative production, a play or a TV show or something, a movie where there's a script. But you apply it to your personal life or your work, and I have found that it's, it's a really powerful tool. And so that's what we uh, hope to share with the listeners today. Yeah, so. and so just to make it a little bit easier, let me give you an example of what scripting might look like. So then you can get your arms, your head around it and uh, as we move through the content. But let me give you an example. So I want you to imagine that you're really excited about taking your family on a camping trip. And with that camping trip, you start going through weeks before the things that you're going to need to pull together this great experience. And so you, you go through your list. I got the tent. I got the sleeping bags. I got the bug spray. I got the campsite. I'm going to go reserve the campsite. And then we're going to talk about what do we need for that camp? Are we doing wood fire? Are we doing a camp stove? What are we going to do? Do I need to have a tarp over the tent? You start thinking about all the things that you've got to put together. And you put it together in what we would call a to-do list. That to-do list is ultimately a part of the overall experience. And when you think about scripting, it's like pulling in all the necessary things that are going to ha- help you pull off that event. So that's just a, a, an example of some of the things that we're going to go through today. And really to start with, David, as we think about scripting, what, what's the power of scripting? What does it help us do or what, what kind of things does it help us create when we script? Yeah, great question. What's the why? I would say... Um, I think listeners should think of a script not as a, a hard, fast, locked-in, immovable, um, controlling tool, but think of it kind of like a budget. Uh, a budget expresses a, a plan, but there may be a need to deviate from it. But here's what I think you will get from it. Uh, there's a lot of power associated with intention. And when you actually sit down and begin to script an outcome and script the process to get to the outcome, you're taking your intention and you're turning it into reality. Mm. Uh, I think a script can reduce friction. And when we get into some examples here in a moment, I think that will become more evident. As we take friction out, it makes the task, the process easier. You're more likely to get to the outcome. It can create momentum. Uh, I know I get 
at, at times where I feel like I'm kind of locked up, I'm I almost you can almost get overwhelmed maybe by the number of things coming at you at one time. And if you can turn it into a script, it sort of gives order and structure, and that actually helps me create momentum. So it's a tool in that respect. Keeps you from getting stalled out. I know um, uh, my chiropractor tells me that motion is lotion. He's talking. Oh, I love that. Yeah, you know, think about how you get warmed up when you're starting a workout, or maybe early in the day. It's sort of the same benefit as a, as applies to work or outcomes that we're trying to create. So what I would say is it may feel like a lot of structure and you're going, that's just for OCD people. I would argue that it's ironic, but a script can actually be liberating Mm. because it takes uh, something and and simplifies it really and makes it easier to execute. You know, an example I ran across uh, a couple months ago, I was reading a book called The Quarterback Whisperer. And it's the story of Bruce Arians, and um, at the time he was coaching the Arizona Cardinals, and he's pretty famous for coaching some quite famous quarterbacks, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, Carson Palmer, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Um, and he's been really successful in that. And as he was coaching Carson Palmer, Carson had just come back from an injury, and he wasn't doing really well in his career, and... um, Bruce starts to help him think about how he's going to quarterback the team. And one of the things that they did very early on is they actually scripted the first 10 plays that Carson loved the most in the offensive playbook. And so he would sit down with him and he'd go, hey, out of all the practices we've had, what are your 10 favorite plays? And we're going to script those out, and that's going to be the first 10 plays that we run Uh, in the offense this week. And what's the motivation behind that? Well, the motivation was you're picking some things that you're confident you can do, um, and you're focused on those first ten things. And so when he entered into the game, he wasn't having to think so much. He was literally sitting behind the center thinking, okay, I know this play, I love this play, I'm ready to go. And so when he bunched those ten plays together, that created some momentum. And it's fascinating as you think about they were intentional about putting the plays together. It reduced some of the friction that um, and that's in your mind sometimes that causes um, some ambiguity when you're thinking. It created momentum, and it kept the team from stalling. And so it's just a, it's a pretty cool example when you think about a sports analogy to the power of scripting. No question. I think it ultimately takes the likelihood for success up. Yes, Mo- absolutely. Moves the odds a little more in your favor. So let's jump in. Um, you know what? Let's start with just – an example of this, and we've talked about this a couple different times, but we've we've mentioned prior times things like an EMSR, an early morning success ritual. Talk about what scripting might look like for an early morning success ritual. Yeah, I think this this is the example where the power of scripting really came to life for me. I have to admit, historically, I've not been a morning person. And when I learned about the concept of early morning success ritual, we do call it EMSR, uh, the the concept was uh, figure out the critical things that you want to see happen in the morning, allocate certain amounts of time to them, lay them out in order, and basically turn it into a play or a script. Um, what that actually does, it keeps me from having to think about it at a time of day when I'm really not thinking all that clearly mm-hmm. anyway. You know, we're all kind of waking up. We hadn't had our coffee or caffeine hit yet. Um, it it enables me just to execute 
In some cases, I can lay out all the things I need to go execute the play so um, I can get the, the friction out of getting my morning started. It really is a way for me to create momentum and then ultimately helps me be, it helps me with strategic intent. Am I using this amount of time um, to uh, maximize uh, output? So for me, when I script my mornings, and I now know, it really, I need two hours and 15 minutes before I need to walk out the door. In that two hours and 15 minutes, I'm going to do things like I'm going to work out. I'm going to have uh, a spiritual time for devotion and prayer. I'm going to go through uh, my goals and plan. I'll do a quick review of that. And I'm going to get a quick hit on my email and even news just to kind of call out some of the most critical issues that could impact my day. And I've, I, I actually have it scripted out. I know exactly how long it takes, whether I'm on the road or I'm at home. And as crazy as that seems, it has been incredibly liberating. And I find by the time I'm out the door, I'm like, Dang, man, I've gotten a lot done already, yeah. and I am ready to go. Well, and I've heard you talk about this. I know we've we've mentioned uh, some nighttime success rituals as well. I mean, there are things that you can do in preparation for your early morning success to set things up at night. Um, one of my favorites that I got from a runner friend of mine was, I, I mean, <laughs> this is going to sound crazy, but I wear my running shorts sometimes to bed. Like, I, I get up, and that's what I sleep in. I sleep in a T-shirt and running shorts so that when I hit the ground, all I got to do is put my shoes on, especially in those seasons when I'm not real motivated. Um, that is a motivator to me. I'm like, well, I've already got them on. I'm a little groggy, and I head out the door. And so I think there's some success rituals in the morning, but there's also some things that you do tonight at night to get ready as well. No, no doubt, and I would imagine – if you actually wore the, uh, your running clothes to bed and then got up and decided not to, to uh, run, you feel shame. It's, deep, as you it's, it's so true. It's so funny. I'll, I'll like, I don't have time. You're such a loser, man. Come on. But you've got to uh, – it does help inspire you a little bit for yeah. sure. That's the, I, I think that's actually where I went next was after um, I kind of locked in my early morning success ritual. And you can you can play around with it too. You can also have multiple versions of that. You can have a weekday version and a weekend version. You can have a home version and a travel version. So all that's fair game. Remember, you're ridiculously in charge. This is all about a tool that helps you be more impactful. But once I kind of got the morning uh, ritual done, I started thinking, well, what are the things I can do to make the morning even more productive? And it sort of took me tonight. And it's a, sh it's a much shorter process, but there are a few things I need to do the day before or the evening before that sort of set the right. table for the morning. And, and I would encourage you to, I mean, I think there's, we just talked about early morning success. You think about two and a half hours of kind of scripting your day. There are little things that you can do as well. And a buddy of mine uh, more recently said, hey, have you ever thought about when you land at the airport, and I travel a good bit, just to walk instead of riding the tram? Well, if you get off at the Atlanta airport, at let's say terminal E, that's about a mile walk to uh, the baggage claim. But in my mind, what I started doing was like, I built in time. And it's fascinating. I have walked now for a couple months where I just get off the, whatever gate it's at, I'm kind of intrigued on which gate I'm going to get off. And I've, I've literally said, I'm going to build in time to be able to get a little bit more exercise so that I can kind of maximize my day that way. So I think there are many scripts and bigger scripts that we can do. Well, can I play off of that? It, I would say if you had 
a large, expensive event. Like both you and I have had kids that got married over the last two years. Talk about an expensive okay, event. That's, yes. It's a large, important, emotionally charged, expensive event. Was there a script? Absolutely. There was a script. And there was a lot of planning that went into it because it's high stakes. Well, we don't have to put that much effort into all scripts for sure. But the principle is, I think, why not apply that, scale that practice, and apply it to everyday things? So I love the intentionality that it creates. And so just we, we're talking about you know kids getting married. Let's stay in that, that uh, area for a little bit. Um, years ago, uh, a good friend of mine, Scott Mason, shout out to Scott Mason. If you're listening, thank you, buddy, for this tip years and years ago. But he sat down and he said, hey, think about scripting what your legacy is going to look like with your family. And he had me take out an Excel spreadsheet. He had me look at all the kids and their current ages and then map out every single year until they were about 25, including uh, my wife and I's anniversaries, our birthdays. And so we put all that on account. Graduations. Graduations. And so what you do milestones. is you begin to look at your kids' ages and you say, okay, what's going to happen to them when they're 10? And we realized, you know what, as a family, wouldn't that be a great time, a great celebration when you finally hit double digits in age that we go to Disney World? And so we, we kind of mapped it out into the, the Excel spreadsheet there. And then we looked at milestones like 13. What are we going to do that significantly represents that milestone when they're 16? What are things like graduations? And, you, and when you start to look at your whole family um, across several years, you begin to see where important vacations might need to happen, important milestones that need to happen. And it creates some intentionality years before the actual event is going to happen. And to me, that is a, a powerful way that scripting can help you in your family life for sure. I love that. And I don't think it precludes spontaneity or um you know, just doing something that was not scripted. Well, I learned this from you. You're, yeah. You've actually scripted spontaneity in your family around holidays. Yeah. Like, I love what you guys do. You always think about, we're going to do something fun around Thanksgiving. Yeah. So you're looking out a couple months ahead, but you're thinking, you know what, let's go skydiving or let's go hang gliding. I think I've copied pretty much everything you've done over the years because of the spontaneity of it. Yeah, we, I'll give you just one little example to that effect. And the point is, a script does not prevent you from jumping on another opportunity. Think, yeah. if, if, think about a movie or a play. There are times people, they, they kind of go improv, right? Yeah. And it may be the funniest moment, but they may not have ever gotten there had they had didn't have a base script to begin with. But we had one of these kind of week of Thanksgiving family gatherings. We're kind of going to do crazy things and we're headed up into uh, the Chattanooga, Tennessee area. We've got activities planned. Along the way, we happen to see hang gliding. <laughs> It was not on the script, but we we were up there because of the script. Right. And when we saw hang gliding, guess what we did? Well, you got a hang glide. We went hang gliding. You got lo- I love that. And so that was quite a moment. And um, it, so I, all that to say, don't feel like this takes all your options off the well, board. Well, and too, on that note, I think it's, it's helpful to be reminded that, you know, there's power in just scripting blank time. Like with your family even, to just go, you know what? We don't have a whole lot planned. Let's just script in 
five hours of nothing so that we can actually enjoy our time together. So I just think that uh, your family is usually a pretty good example of the power of scripting. But let's move on because I do think scripting uh, has some other implications as you think about business and professional life as well. But let's talk, you know, let's let's focus on the power of scripting a meeting, for example. Yeah. So meetings, high stakes. Think about the money associated with just having everybody uh, participate, their time. Um, we're used to the idea of an agenda. So that is a, a, an agenda is basically a form of scripting. You'll just have to decide how detailed do you want to go? Do you really want to lean into how do I want to open this meeting to create the right uh, level of energy and focus? That's, that's something that you're incredibly good at. And if you don't know Shane, he will go to any lengths possible to set the tone for a meeting. I have seen him bring furniture to meetings. I have seen him blend cell phones in blenders before uh, to set the I would not recommend that actually but (laughs) but it can be dangerous but I have seen it Uh, and he's thought it through because there's a specific outcome you're trying to create Um, so I think I think it's important to remind ourselves too uh, the responsibility that we have when you are facilitating a meeting um, or the coordination of that meeting you set the you set the standard for that you set the culture right off the bat and so I think it's helpful to like spend some time scripting what you want that to look like if you think about a great movie the first 20 minutes is really important I mean most of the time it's the first 20 minutes you go "Ah, am I gonna like this or not and part of that is the script part of that is what the director and the writers have done to set the entire thing up so if you think about your meeting how are you scripting that experience for those in the room? I'll give you another metaphor. It's, it's that of an airplane flight. I sometimes use this as it relates to someone speaking. Um, think about a pilot. Some of the most critical elements are, first, the, the pre-flight routine. They're trying to make sure everything's in order. Uh, we're good to go. We're safe. We've got everything we need. But they're very focused on the takeoff. So those, think about your meeting. The first couple of things that are said That's set great, the tone. Yeah. So the takeoff is really important. They're also very focused on the landing. <laughs> okay, how do you end it? How many meetings <laughs> have you been in where the landing or the takeoff wasn't really good, right? And they know when that needs to yeah. happen so we don't run out of fuel, That's too, right. right? That's because right. we're going to run out of emotional energy or attention wow. span or whatever. They get to actually relax a little bit more in the midst of the flight. You can kind of go to autopilot. Typically not autopilot on the takeoff and the landing. So you know there are impact moments that may warrant more scripting, even within the context of a a broader uh, gathering. So I think that may be one of the best tips I've gotten. I love the airplane analogy. I hadn't really thought about that. Uh, But if you're listening, I do think as you think about your next meeting, uh, think about the takeoff and think about the landing. And I think you're going to be much more successful in scripting that actual experience. That's awesome, David. Yeah. Um, You know, as we think about what we have to do as leaders and the responsibilities that we have, you know, oftentimes that uh, might be getting up in front of a group, uh, preparing some remarks. Um, uh, You may be the first speaker on an event where you have to introduce the team or what have you. But talk about the power of scripting a talk and why that's important. Yeah, I actually um, went to an event this week where another one of our uh, partners here, Jeff Henderson, was speaking. Shout out for Jeff Henderson and his new book, Four. So pick it up at a bookstore or Amazon close to you. In fact, it was a four uh, book launch event, 
And I joke, it was it was a phenomenal event, and Jeff did an unbelievable job. And I joked afterwards, wow, if only he had really taken a few moments and thought about what he wanted to say <laughs> instead of just getting up there and shooting from the hip. But let me tell you what really happened. He knew exactly what he wanted to say. He had thought through every word, every pause, all the timing. He had uh, slides that sort of showed pictures that made the point. However, he had done it so well it no, it didn't feel scripted mm-hmm. because he had internalized his message. He knew it well, and he actually could deliver it in a very informal and conversational uh, manner, which made it even more powerful. So um, when we say scripting, it does not mean robotic. It doesn't mean you, you've switched your mind off. It means you've thought it through to the point that you can actually relax and let your personality come out and be yourself, and that's what he's so gifted at. Well, and I learned this actually from Jeff years ago. He actually builds into any talk. In his script, he scripts out seven practice times. Like he has enough time set aside to practice that talk seven times, and seven's kind of that golden number. If you hit seven, then it'll become very natural. And so I find that fascinating because the fact that he looks so natural is not by accident. He actually scripted the whole thing, and I think we underestimate the power of doing that. And honestly, if you're interested, it's a huge resource for. It's been a huge resource for me. It's one that we provide to to listeners. We call it Elevator Pitch, and it does exactly that. It literally can help you think about your talk and how to script a talk so that you can be very successful when you deliver. One of the things I love about the Elevator Pitch tool is it begins with the outcome. And it it sort of asks the question, what do you want your audience to think or do at the end? And you kind of have to work backwards. So a script, again, it just reinforces the idea. Script is only a tool, a means to help you get to the outcome you want anyway. Well, it's, um, again, you can start to see with these analogies the power of scripting. I think about kind of going back to family life. I think the power of scripting in your personal budget uh, as a family, your household, you know, if, if you and your spouse are sitting down or just if you're single and you're sitting down, you're thinking about what kind of budget do I need to have and what is that going to look like over the course of the year. And for many folks that are, are fans of Dave Ramsey, for example, I mean, they script out, literally script out how much money we're going to put in envelopes to be able to spend over the course of the month. And it doesn't mean you don't have flexibility, but I think it's the intentionality that actually creates the momentum. And you do that by scripting aspects of your life. I, w- I want to go back to work in a moment, but can I share a family example to be great. off of that? Um, My family is a little bit scattered now because I have adult kids and a couple live in Chicago, some are in Atlanta, some are in school. But we come together a lot of times over the holidays because we have common time off. And we did something for the first time last year. We had an official family meeting. And I worked to try to script that meeting, by the way. We did spend some time just talking about finances and stewardship. We spent time talking about our vacation schedules, just trying to figure out. Okay, what I'm going to hit the pause for just a second. Did you actually use a flip chart for this family? I meeting? did not. You use did not a flip, a flip chart. chart. Okay, that's, I'm impressed. Okay. Shane, why did I need a flip chart? It was all on slides. It was, <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't, it wasn't that. I have to try to make it yeah. not that stiff. But we talked about uh, like vacation. One is, hey, where's, where would everybody love to go? But also, what weeks do we need to all try to hold? so that we can actually make this happen. We talked about service, and is there a common 
service focus mm-hmm. or charitable focus that we want to have. Um, again, it's just back to why do you do this in the first place? It's intention. And because we're going in different directions and we live in different places, that becomes a little, it's not the same as it was when we all lived under the same house and, and, and they were young kids who had to do what we told mm-hmm. them to do. That's not our reality anymore. So we, let's, this is scripting at a macro level. How do we script our year out when we're together to make it the best possible year oh, it can be? Oh, so good. And in order to do that, I think we all realize um, the amount of time that we spend actually working. And I think it's really important that you think about scripting in regards to your work week, uh, in, in regards to your responsibilities, because that is what frees up the margin for you to actually think about your family that much more. And so let's dive into that a little bit, because both of us use uh, what we would call time blocks or yep. blocks of time to, and we script out the activities that we want to try and create or get done in those blocks of time. But uh, just share with us, David, a ways that you use time blocks and the ways that you use scripting in regards to work week. Yeah, great question. I, I want to give you kind of a higher level view, and then I'd love to go into just sort of a, a detailed example of what happens when maybe I'm even struggling. But uh, I think a good exercise to think about is what would an ideal or optimal day or week look like? And then figure out how close to optimal or ideal can I get my day? Now, recognize there will be things that nobody anticipated that are going to pop up that you have to deal with. You will have to react to some things. There'll be curveballs. Things may take longer, maybe less time than you thought. So you, you do need to react in the moment. But if you go in... Um, with a plan that's as close to optimal, again, relative to what you think is important, the outcomes you're looking for, and you allocate appropriate blocks of time, that is a way to script or give structure to your to your day just to hedge your bet for success. So um, an example of that would be like you may have a role that requires time on the phone. Yes. What I hear you saying is, hey, you, you set aside two hours uh, specifically where you're just going to make phone calls. Yeah, and I'll give you another example. Um, I like to tell people all the time, hey, I don't get paid to answer email. That, In other words, that is not the thing I do that actually creates the most value. So let's go to what's really important. How do you create value in your work? Now, that doesn't mean I don't need to do email. There are times I need to do email. Email is a means to an end. It's a tool to help me towards an end. It is not the end. Mm -hmm. And what I would not want people to do is find that they're using all their time uh, on activities that really aren't moving the needle. They're not putting points on the board doing that stuff. They may need to do it. Um, They may need to put some blocks or parameters around it to make sure they're not overweighting it in their day. So I would say think optimal. Think what are the activities that you uh, spend time on that really create value and how do you make sure you're allocating enough time to that um an example for me i recently transitioned into a new role and um my previous role i spent a lot of time in planning meetings with a lot of different groups in this new role i would say my primary number one responsibility is relationships um it's because we do a lot of consulting and we have to build those relationships. And in order to create the right kind of relationships, healthy relationships, you actually have to have margin to be able to do that. And so you, you might think, well, that doesn't sound like the best fit with scripting. But for me, what I'm trying to do is I look ahead to even next year. I'm already looking ahead to blocking time where literally 
I do nothing but walk around. I'm literally trying to bump into people. Now, that's very intentional, and it's scripted. It's like I'm going to schedule at least four hours a week where I just spend time bumping into people to check in, to encourage them, to see how their work is going. It's really time building relationships, but it's intentional and it's scripted. That's exactly why I said earlier that scripting is a form of structure that ironically can be liberating. Mm. You're, You're freed up to walk around and not feel guilty about it. You're doing so with intention. Because you know it's meaningful. Well, it. Um, I mean, I think we could continue to talk about uh, relevant examples um, over and over. And I will tell you, just we're in the fall of the year. Yeah. Uh, it's a great time for you as a leader to be thinking ahead to what 2020 is going to look like. And so I might encourage you to, over this quarter, look for a couple days, script a couple days yeah. where you can actually hit the pause button and actually think about some of the topics that we've run through, some of the examples that we've gone through here. Because I think if you'll spend some time and actually script that out, you will be amazed at how much momentum it will help you create kind of going into the fourth quarter and into the new year. Yeah, that's it. Can I give you a closing story uh, awesome. on my account? Um, there are times when I feel like I've got so many things that I need to do and I don't really have enough time um, to get them done, or I'm going to be cutting it close. And I actually can feel the stress that that creates, and I find that the stress um, is really not very helpful as it relates to getting work done. A um, little bit's good, but too much becomes counterproductive. And so what I have found when that happens is if I just sit down and draw up a play or a script where I say I've got a three-hour block, I'm making this up, I'm going to spend 45 minutes going through email. I'm going to spend about 30 minutes working on this message that I need to deliver and so forth. I build out the three hours. I literally get a clock. I build in a few breaks to get up and move around and get the blood flowing again. And and then another little technique I use is I'll think about do a blitz. Like let's just take email. Let me do a 15-minute email blitz. And I'll go through, I'm not going to tackle everything that needs to happen uh, in my inbox or in my response folder, but I'm going to put a good dent in it. Mm. And I start to create momentum. I start to feel better about where I stand. And that makes the next thing go better. So um, when you get stuck and you're almost overwhelmed, script a play. Just run that play. Maybe you have a couple little blitzes in there. Uh, and see if you don't end up in a better place. Um, I'm going to go, and if I, I'm going to cheat, I'm going to add one more thing. I'm going to go back to your Bruce Arians example. You talked about how he worked with the quarterbacks. One of the things I've observed from watching the best coaches, you talked about how they script the first 10 plays. I think they also script their practices too. Mm-hmm. And when you show up, Everybody knows where they're supposed to be. Everybody has a specific focus. It they'll it's use not it. happenstance. No, right. It, I mean, very intentional. Horns, timers, um, stations. It gets you moving, um, and and they just optimize what time they've got. I take that to your work. Imagine you got a two-hour block. Um, what's the best way you can use that block? Stick to the script. Get to the end. See where you stand, and that'll inform what you do in the next block. Well, I've enjoyed this conversation because I'm already I've got some nuggets that I'm personally taking away for sure. But I, I think the net net for me is 
There's power in scripting. It creates intentionality, which then creates momentum, has the opportunity to create momentum uh, for different aspects of our life. So, um, hey, on behalf of David and I and all the listeners out there, we just want to continue to encourage you uh, to keep plugging along. Uh, We do this podcast because oftentimes we're in places where we're here and we want to be there, and there's a gap between here and there, and this partnership, these conversations can actually help us fill in those gaps and continue to be intentional leaders. So thanks for joining us today, and we'll look forward to seeing you the next time on our next edition of the podcast. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Launch University podcast. We hope it's helped you move from go-getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. For more helpful resources, visit launchuniversity.com.